Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So I am not someone who's trying to be coy. I see Republicans taking the House. I see Republicans taking the Senate. It's just a question of how many in the Senate. That's that's all it's been for me. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What is going on? 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Everything, TonyKatz.Locals.com. There has not been enough coverage of just how absolutely positively horrible the Biden team has been going into the final days of this election. We're not just talking bad, we're talking horrific. We're discussing this not even from a from a, a an ideological standpoint. We're discussing this just straight uh, observers of politics. Straight observation this is bad bad stuff three days before an election so it's going to become a win generation and all they're doing is they're going to save them a hell of a lot of money and using the same transmission line that transmitted the coal-fired electric on we're going to be shutting these plants down all across america and having wind and solar you're going to tell the people of pennsylvania Days before an election where John Fetterman's in the fight for his political life, that you're going to shut down coal? First of all, they already knew it. But secondly, holy crap. This is terrible. You know, the White House walked that back as quickly as they could. Oh, did they walk that back? They, they were running, tripping over each other to walk that one back but he said what he said you heard him say it right there this is the statement from cringe john pierre the white house press secretary president biden knows that the men and women of coal country built this nation they powered its they powered its steel mills and factories kept its homes and schools and offices warm they made this the most productive and powerful nation on earth He came to the White House to end years of big words but little action to help the coal-producing parts of our country. Working closely with Senator Manchin, a tireless advocate for his state, meaning West Virginia, and the hardworking men and women who live there, President Biden has helped get this part of the country back to work. The unemployment rate when in West Virginia was 6.2% the last month before Joe Biden took office. Now it's down to 4%. You liar. You're taking credit for something that isn't yours. People who were not allowed to go to work. That's that's a non-argument. Now they can go back to work and you're taking credit for lowering unemployment. Oh, and it goes on from there about how he's committed to helping these people. He's shutting down coal plants. So here you are dealing with $4 a gallon gas and energy prices, and Lord only knows how you're going to heat the house this winter. And here's the president saying, oh, yeah, solar and wind. Solar and wind are, are the few. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't get worse than this. It's such a disconnect. And when they get caught, flat out caught in the lie, they're not even, they're not even pretending to make sense, I don't know if you heard this. This from uh, Clyburn, Jim Clyburn, 
is the best. Jim Clyburn literally said, if you don't vote for Democrats, uh, the world's basically going to end and gets confronted uh, about this. And all of a sudden he's like, uh, what, 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 what you, I didn't say that. Oh, listen. But losing this democracy could very well be the end of the world. Okay, so are you asking voters to set aside what they feel about the economy? Because the Wall Street Journal, Kimberly Strassel, has this piece. Voters have sat through this apocalyptic movement many times now and know it's anticlimactic ending. Besides, they're busy searching for spare change to cover their rising grocery bill. So set aside the economy, worries about crime, which are at the top of all of voter polls about what they're worried about, and instead vote for you or the world is ending? Nobody's saying the world is ending. You did the say there, though, end. it could be the end of the world. The, no. Democracy will be ended. The world will continue to exist. The world was here before Hitler. The world was here after Hitler. That's what we're saying. No. The world will not end. The kind of world we have, the kind of country we have, we've got to decide how do we want to exist in this world. And that's what we're talking about. This hyperbole is not a part of what we are saying here. We're talking about what kind of country we have and what kind of world we have. Okay, Congressman, just to be clear, though, I want to read your quote. It says, but losing this democracy could very well be the end of the world. That's a direct quote from you. End of the world? Come on. I mean, what? what? Holy crap. He said the words and they won't even admit to what they just said. That's the disconnect. They tell you something, they get confronted by it, they tell you it's not what they said. That is how dumb they think the American people are. That's their disdain for Americans. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Well, just this morning... It was a conversation of what were the Colts going to do. New England 26, Colts 3, just over 100 yards of passing, not even 100 yards of rushing, zero offense. But a defense that that did its job. You cannot deny that that defense did its job against New England because if it was just the defense, New England only has 12 points. Can't blame the defense. For a block punt that put New England on the one-yard line, you can't blame the defense for a pick six from Sam Ellinger in the fourth quarter. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. JMV joins us from 93.5 and 107.5, the fan in Indianapolis. And just this morning, we're talking about what is the Colts' plan? What does owner Jim Ursay do in his 25-year tenure as owner of the team he has never ever fired a head coach midseason until today. Frank Reich fired as coach of the Indianapolis Colts. JMV, your take. Hey, Tony, we talked this morning about how, you know, obviously in the past, Jim Irsay had never done that, but yesterday was that breaking point. And really going back to September, you and I have been having these consistent conversations about, okay, what would it take? for Jim Irsay to do something that he has never done in his full ownership and guidance of his football team. And it was something like this. I think we came up with examples of Carson Wentz, you know, beating the Colts in their building or whatever, but it was something like what we saw yesterday. And honestly, he had no choice. This had to be done. Frank Reich and the way that this team responded listlessly, 
yesterday, and especially on the offensive side, he had no response other than firing Frank Wright. Thus, you make history in the past 25 years of doing something you haven't done. But listen, for the fans, for the players, it's the way that it looked yesterday where this organization, by the way, which is a huge mess right now, where it is, this had to be done today, and Jim Irsay did it. So take me through, in in your view, the difference between Jim Irsay's headspace yesterday, today, versus Jim Irsay's headspace after losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars at the end of last season when they immediately depart with Carson Wentz, get him directly out of there, that loss that kept them out of the playoffs. What was different in the headspaces? Because I cannot imagine Ursay was angrier last night than he was that day losing to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Well, from what I hear, it's pretty close, but I will give you an example. So you go back to the end game a year ago in Jacksonville and just the incredible embarrassment that was that kept them from the postseason. You go back two weeks prior, and arguably, Tony, the Colts on Christmas night in Arizona played one of their best games of the year. Remember, that was the time when everybody was thinking this team could make major noise in the postseason, and then at home, you know, missed out on clinching against the Raiders, they lose, and then get embarrassed in Jacksonville, thus not making the postseason. I, I just had thought to me that it was two weeks prior as to why Ursay thought, all right, we'll reset in the offseason. Actually, during the Jacksonville game is when he thought, listen, we got to move on from Carson Wentz uh, by whatever means necessary. Uh, he went out there and said, I need uh, a free agent quarterback. What's the list? Chris Ballard came up with a list. It was lackluster. And then the whole Matt Ryan scenario kind of fell into their plate, and that's the direction they ended up going. So they had two weeks prior a level of success that had you thinking differently. Yesterday, as I mentioned, that listless performance, it looked like a team, not the defense, and you're right to state that, but it looked like a team offensively absolutely in disarray. It was a listless performance where something had to be done. And most of the issues, certainly yesterday, were on the offensive side of the football. You know, the week prior, Marcus Brady, the OC, was fired. Frank Reich took over. And it was very Colts and Frank Reich when you fire your offensive coordinator. Uh, you basically take over his gig and the head coaching gig, and you actually get worse. So you left the owner really no decision to make other than letting the head coach go. And that's something that he had to do. And that's how I look at that differently today, for example, than I did going back to the end of the season and that embarrassing loss in Jacksonville. Let's now ask ourselves the immediate questions because this team still has to get on a plane, head out to Las Vegas, and play the Raiders that had their own loss uh, last week, has their own issues. Um, Who's going to lead this team? Is this a team that's going to be led by Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator, led by Bubba Ventrone, the special teams, or and could then lead this team into the future? Or is Jim Irsay going to say to himself, there's only so much patience I have, there's only so much time I have, I need the coach. And if that's the case, who's he looking at? Well, you know, I'll give you the, the first things first here. I think on an interim basis, you're going to end up getting special teams coordinator Bubba Ventrone. Now we'll find out, I guess 
coming up probably before then. But officially at 6 o'clock, Jim Mercy and Chris Ballard are finally going to speak out and say something regarding this team and this decision today. But my guess is going to be Ventrone. You also have a couple of former head coaches, as you mentioned, and rightly so. Gus Bradley, the defensive coordinator, has a pass as an NFL head coach. And John Fox is also on that staff, and he has a a pass as an NFL head coach. But I think it's going to end up being Bubba Ventrone because – you don't know what you have here. People talk about how he could be a head coach further down the road. And if you're going in this direction right now, I don't know why you go with a guy like Fox or a guy like Bradley. You know what you got right there. You don't really know what you have in Ventrone. So that's why I kind of expect him to be the interim head coach announcement coming up later on today. As far as the future, uh, it's go big or go home, buddy. I mean, it is go big or go home, whether that means Sean Payton. Now, with Sean Payton, I don't know how. First of all, let me go ahead and backpedal a little bit. You're talking about the uh, former this, Saints coach, yes, the guy yes, who, yes. with Drew Brees, yeah. took a Super Bowl yeah. from uh, some guys in Indianapolis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you go big or go home on this. But a decision like that um, would, would take some things. But here's the major thing, is that somebody like that is going to want certainly personnel control. So what does that leave Chris Ballard? And as I told you this morning, Chris Ballard is, to me, equally on the hook for this mess as the head coach. So I don't know how Chris Ballard, at the end of this year, gets a seventh year to guide this team, to to get their next quarterback, to try to reformat this offensive line that he put together and has been just a massive failure here. I don't know how you hand him the keys to do it again given the decision today at some point to me the general manager chris ballard needs to be next talking to jmv from 93.5 the fan in indianapolis 3 to 6 p.m is when you can catch him you're now this team in the past eight days your quarterback has been well two weeks we'll call it your quarterback has been switched out you lost your offensive coordinator and now your head coach has been fired are you saying thank goodness that Reich is out, or are you saying holy crap that Reich is out? I don't know about you. I'll flip this back to you. I think this organization looks like an absolute catastrophe, a mess from top to bottom right now. All right, so give me your viewpoint. Is that how you view it too? Because that's how I view it. And I, this doesn't fix anything to me. It just is you know, a root of the issue, which is much more – with this team right now. Hold on, hold on. Let me answer the question because here's where I get to my own level of confusion, you know, and it's Ayn Rand. If you have, you know, this, if you've got this conflict, you have to sometimes check your, 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 your premise uh, of the situation. I take a look at what Chris Ballard has done in terms of, of trade, in terms of, of draft. And I'm like, he's picked up pretty solid players. We took at this look at this draft last year. And we said, that's a solid bit of drafting going on. No one says Alec Pierce was a bad choice or Jelani Woods. We got a host of guys that were like hot diggity. That's really good work. It's on the field that it's a total disaster. So how do I go about blaming? Chris Ballard for that field disaster. I don't know how that's supposed to connect. So is it a mess from top to bottom? It's a mess on the field. I don't know about top to bottom. Well, let me tell you, the the players that we see, and I think we both agree, right, the reason why this team offensively has been this disaster this year starts with the offensive line. That is all on the shoulders of Ballard. He is the one 
that comes up with the theories of you got to build from the inside out. You got to do that with the offensive line and you give money $20 million per to your left guard. You drafted number six overall. That's not worked. That was a bad decision. So to me, the foundational building blocks of this team is what Ballard has created. And those are the major things that have let this team down, especially offensively. This is why we're going down this path right now. It's because of the philosophy of Chris Ballard. Now, I'm not suggesting Frank Reich is Vince Lombardi. Don't get me wrong here because he's not, and that change needed to be made. But it also needs to be made at some point at the end of the year with Chris Ballard. To me, I've seen enough, and I would bet most Colts fans, Tony, would agree with me. Oh, I agree with you that they've seen enough. That much I can agree with. I just don't I, – I don't know if if you have – you know, it's the Bill Parcells line about being able to pick players. If you want me to cook the meal, the least you could do is let me buy a couple of the ingredients. That that was his line, former coach of the New York Giants and, and then all around the NFL. Um, going outside of the organization, you mentioned Sean Payton. Give yeah. me another name that you think Jim Ursay would look at or you'd want him to look at because you know he's listening right now, uh, that you'd want him to look at for the organization. Who is it? It's, it's funny, and this is, not, this is not at all my theory, but I, I've been bombarded with this. All right, so when does Manning come back? Um, do I expect that? No. But no. at some point, because he's so much better off doing what he's doing right now than messing around with this. But again, that is going to be probably a conversation. Hopefully it's short-lived, but it's going to be a conversation at some point. Um, normally it's going to be some kind of hot hot um, coordinator. I, I don't know if they go that direction. That's why I brought up Sean Payton at the beginning here, because I just think that he is going to, to go big. I just don't know how somebody like Sean Payton and Chris Ballard, if he were to stay, would would get along. I, there's no way that Sean Payton is going to have Chris Ballard, as you mentioned with that Parcells quote, going to be picking out his groceries to prepare that meal. And then as we found out, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's going to be Jeff Saturday, the center, Jeff Saturday, Payton's guy. He's going to be the interim coach for the Indianapolis Colts. I, 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 I don't even know what to say, except as you saw me put it out on social media, I, I got to tell you, I, I think the Colts fans love Jeff Saturday, have real respect for Jeff Saturday, think the world of Jeff Saturday. But someone's got to ask whether Jim Irsay is serious about this team. Someone's got to ask that question. He's your interim coach. You've got Bubba Ventrone. You've got Gus Bradley. You've got John Fox. The last two have had coaching experience. Jeff Saturday? Because the offensive line is in such disarray? Oh, good Lord. I don't know if this goes over well with the Colts faithful. I really don't. Keep it here. This is Tony Katz today. This story is everything that we should be concerned about. Not being able to trust the vote is a frightening proposition for a republic, not a democracy. The very last thing we want to be is some level of direct democracy. That's mob rule. That's violence. A republic, if you can keep it, to which I believe Bill Maher is wrong, and I believe we can. 
If we say we oppose any of these efforts to intimidate at the polls or to engage in electioneering. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Great to be with you. Find everything. TonyKatz.locals.com. We have to be quite simply opposed to it, regardless of our political party. You'll notice that in any conversation about Trump denying this and Trump denying that, you could deny all you want. Were you actively trying to change votes? I don't mind investigations to those things. You find crimes, I don't mind charges to those things. Why? Because I don't want it. And I have a very long track record on this program. Go to the tape of discussing just that. I can go back to my original days of doing Fox News and discussing those in Virginia who are okay with election fraud and discussing it on Fox and Friends. I've got the record here. I've got a media that has just avoided so many of these stories when, of course, it hits the wrong party. Well, this can't be about party lines. This has to be about elections and whether or not we have faith in them. So as we hear about this story in Carmel, Carmel, Indiana, A poll worker who was identified by the Hamilton County Democratic Party as James Zhang. The allegation uh, telling a a couple don't vote for those people in the red shirts, the Republican candidates, because they're racists. And actually selecting straight Democratic ticket for someone else. And the Democratic Party is responding by saying it's it's cheap chicks by the Republicans. And uh, Diego Morales is a problem, the Secretary of State candidate for the Republicans. They're not addressing the issue. Stephanie Flitner joins us right now, a candidate for school board in uh, Carmel. Uh, Stephanie Flitner, F-L-I-T-T-N-E-R, StephanieFlitner.com. Uh, uh, full disclosure, a friend. And I have stayed out of this race because Stephanie and her family are friends. And I don't think it's right uh, for me to be, you know, uh, addressing the race in that way when I have personal connections. But she is a candidate who may very well have been affected by this impropriety at a Carmel polling place. Stephanie Flitner joins us right now. When you first heard the story, uh, was it Saturday night? Was it Sunday? What was your response? I felt, hi, Tony, good morning. I felt embarrassed. Um, This is embarrassing for Carmel. Here we are in the news again um, related to our school board, and it's for all the wrong reasons. The embarrassment is that somebody would go about electioneering? Is the embarrassment that the Democratic Party not only won't owe up to it, but decide to get into the blame game as opposed to trying to get to the bottom of it? Where does the embarrassment lie? All of the above. Um, You know, as far as the Democratic Party I think there was a tremendous opportunity here to just come out and say, we don't allow electioneering. We're looking into this. Sure, you can deny the allegations, but why deflect? Why not just say, this is not what we're about? Why do we miss that opportunity? Um, You know, I feel kind of like we're being gaslit a little bit. Uh, You take a look at the statement uh, from uh, the Democratic uh, Party of Hamilton County, and it is uh, just a full-on attack 
of the Republican Party, as opposed to dealing with the question at hand, talking to Stephanie Flitner, school board candidate, Carmel Clay School, Stephanie Flitner, F-L-I-T-T-N-E-R, StephanieFlitner.com. Uh, uh, this race certainly has been uh, contentious. Uh, there, There is a slate of candidates uh, uh, that uh, is out there um, and has been endorsed by the Republican Party. You are not a, a, a part of that, so you've been running a race. There's been some back and forth, and certainly it has been rough and tumble. We're seeing this in school board races races all uh, across the, the country just to get into the school board race what is it that you believe it is actually the subject at hand what is it voters are most going to the polls for in discussions of school board you know, as far as school board i think we're looking for more transparency a stronger focus on academics from um you know schools. Um, here in Carmel, we have excellent academics, but we need to make sure that that remains the focus. Nationwide, um, there's been a little bit of a struggle, and I think um, people are just wanting to see back to the basics in school. You take a look at what took place there at Mercy Road a Church in that satellite polling place. From what I have been able to ascertain from Beth Scheller, who uh, is the Hamilton County Election Administrator, uh, this person in question worked two days, uh, a Wednesday and a Thursday. The polling place is only open Wednesday through Saturday. But she was unable to tell me when we spoke yesterday whether or not he worked the week before. So I do not have as is I do not have as of yet the total number of days this uh poll worker who is um uh, alleged to have engaged in this electioneering how many days he worked. Do you feel comfortable with the votes that come out of that polling place, do you believe they should be counted? Do you believe that people need to come back and vote again? Do you have faith that the vote on the school board race is going to be on, or, or any race in, in that comes out of Carmel is going to be on the up and up? Tony, as a voter in Carmel, I want to know, was this person paid? Who referred him? What was his background? What was done to prevent this? How was he trained? I want to know whether this is one bad apple or if this is a pattern um, that we need to worry about. Um, And we need answers to those questions before we can know whether that polling site or really any of our polling sites are secure. As a candidate for Carmel Clay School Board, are you going to be asking or requesting that the votes out of the Mercy Road Polling Center uh, be dismissed or be considered null and void? I don't even know if there's an actual proper term for it, but you get my gist. Are you going to ask that that they not be counted? I don't think that I personally will because, again, this, this poll worker was not attacking. He was attacking Republicans, which I am one, but I don't believe that it was um, specifically at Stephanie Flitner. Um, if I was um, part of that slate, I might be looking at it. And what I'll tell you, if I was the chair of the Hamilton County um, Republican Party, I would already have a, a lawsuit drafted. Um, I would have it filed this morning. And, you know, um, they've said the Hamilton County Republican Party has said that they've spent um, – over $70,000 on school board races in Hamilton County, I'd be willing to spend more than that to ensure that our elections are secure and that voters can feel confident that their vote um, counts. Of course, you should want confidence that your vote counts. My thanks to Stephanie Flitner, F-L-I-T-T-N-E-R, stephanieflitner.com. But we continued this conversation throughout the morning. And we had people on who were school board candidates, and people were like, why are you only focus on school board? I focused on school board because the allegation 
that that comes about this electioneering was because two people campaigning for for school board officials were outside. So that's why I'm discussing it from school board. Of course, the electioneering affects all elections statewide and and and, and congressional, etc. But I focused on school board, especially considering how contentious school board races are. And so uh, uh, Stephanie Flitner is not part of a a slate. There is a slate called Break Brown Sharp there at Carmel, uh, and that's endorsed by the Republican Party. And uh, I had spoken with uh, Dr. Adam Sharp, who's part of that. And then uh, there is uh, the, the other side, and you've got this group, Support CCS. Is that the name? Do I have that? Yeah, I've got that right. Support CCS.org, which is the the Democratic side of, of the coin. Right? CCS endorsed candidates. Uh, you've got Kristen Quoka, Jennifer Nelson Williams, who's an incumbent, and Jake Nichols. And so Jake Nichols reached out while I was doing the morning show and said, I'd like to comment on this. And you are more than welcome to do so. See, as opposed to the other media in uh in indiana and in indianapolis we actually talked to everybody and so i spoke with jake nichols about this allegation of electioneering jake for ccs is where you find him on twitter running for carmel clay school board uh, i appreciate you, you you're reaching out as we we made the invitation we want to hear from people on, on every side of this people who are candidates who are impacted by these elections you have seen these allegations heard these allegations uh, about uh, electioneering uh, you've seen the response from the hamilton county democratic party which i'll get into your take on what has happened and are elections safe in carmel indiana yeah, Tony, thanks for having me. I apologize for my voice. I ran the monumental marathon on Saturday, and the wind and the rain took my dulcimer tones, just like you, uh, took them away today. So I apologize for my voice. Uh, yeah, one of the things is I uh, reached out to the Hamilton County uh, uh, Election Board before early voting and made sure that uh, I knew, I was new to this, of what the rules were, what uh, things um, – you know, the do's and don'ts. And I actually sent that to all the candidates uh, that were running for school board and uh, distributed that to my um, volunteers. And I witnessed nothing but great uh, American civility outside that Mercy Road Church. I did attend a couple of the hours and I saw my opponent, uh, Greg Brown, and wished him luck. And his volunteers and our volunteers were wishing people a uh, good day and uh, thanking for thanking them for coming out and voting and that we were uh, excited to be a part of the community. So what I witnessed, and there was no scuttlebutt, there was no uh, problems, there was no like, oh, can you believe this is what, just what happened? Uh, not until really the news broke about it uh, that was uh, what happened. So it was kind of shocked this morning to kind of hear the the element of it because I witnessed nothing but uh, great um, great American spirit actually from both sides of the, of the camp. Well, I'm, I'm glad you did. That is what we should want. A disagreement on policy should not be a disagreement uh, personally. But we have these these allegations. You have Beth Scheller, a Hamilton County a, a executive there, saying that there should be an investigation. We hear that the Hamilton County Sheriff's Office is going to be engaging 
an investigation. Um, you have not only the, the person in question who identified himself as James Zhang saying it never happened. You have the Hamilton County Democratic Party instead saying this is Republican cheap tricks and bringing up Diego Morales. Um, in, in your view, what should take place with these allegations? Yeah, I think exactly. You know, you let the authorities and you let the investigation uh, make it happen. Um, certainly something happened or it wouldn't have been brought up. But what actually happened and uh, what needs to be uh, occur next is, is going to be up to the authorities. So I'm, I'm really excited. I've been having a blast meeting our neighbors and talking about our schools. And I think uh, it's going to be a great day tomorrow. What do you think is the difference between you and, and, and your slate uh, which people uh, did they call the Democratic slate because it's it's you know uh, endorsed that way just like there's a slate. Well, you know, although not the totality of candidates, from... what is the real difference between yeah. your side, if you will, and the other side? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I have not been endorsed by the Republicans. I identify myself as a Republican, and I did not get any endorsements from either Democrats or Republicans. But you know, I think it's all about uh, we have great schools, we have great teachers. They're doing the best they can, but our students deserve um, a solid financial uh, backing. They deserve great policy, and they deserve great leadership. And a school board should manage those three things and not manage national news. I I, I wanted to make sure I heard you correctly. That's that's where I'm at, and I'd love to serve on the board and help help the community. I just want to make sure uh, I heard you correctly. You're a Republican. Yes, I consider myself a Republican. Uh, I've been a little disappointed in uh, some of the leadership decisions, but overall, yeah, I would consider myself a Republican. What is the real difference between you and your competitor? On, on, on the subject of the schools, what is the one big difference between you and your competitor there on that break brown sharp side? I'm pro-schools, and I'm not seeing much. I'm not seeing anti-schools, but I don't see much positive coming from the other camp. So that was Jake Nichols. I appreciate him uh, coming on, uh, support ccs.org. Uh, um, I, I, if, if you're not going to think that this is an issue, I, I guess you're entitled to. I'm not going to be one of those people. I think, as you've heard me discuss this, this is a tremendous issue. This is massive. Allegations of electioneering have to be taken seriously. If they're not going to be taken seriously, we're unserious. We don't deserve safe elections. You have to be opposed to these things. This is what makes the Democratic Party statement so absolutely freaking surreal. It's surreal that their their answer is to to scream and yell about Diego Morales. I'm not saying you have to like Diego Morales. I'm not saying you have to like him as a candidate. I'm not saying you can't speak about him as a candidate. But if this is your statement in in a conversation about electioneering, this is desperation and retaliation politics at its worst. And it's coming from the state party that supports Diego Morales, a candidate who willfully committed voter fraud in 2018, but now wants to be Indiana's next secretary of state. He was living in Marion County. He was homesteading a property in Marion County but claims that he was residing for a year, a couple of years in Hendricks County and voted there, I think it was in 2018. And that's voter fraud. I don't know if that's the way the law sees it. The argument is you had a homestead. This is where you claimed your residence was, but you're voting somewhere else. 
That's something that he's got to answer for if those are indeed the facts. I, I don't say no to that. I have never once said no that you've got to answer the things going on about you. But a conversation here about electioneering and what the what the Democratic Party does is they refer to Beth Scheller, the Hamilton County election administrator, basically as a liar. They didn't say that, but they said it by what their statement is. They don't even address the allegation and how wrong electioneering is. It's just the Republicans are liars. You want to talk about the politics right from the word go. Indiana Democratic Party, uh, the Hamilton County Democratic Party, and yes, the Indiana Democratic Party. Goodness gracious. They are, it's an ugly, ugly, ugly statement from really ugly people. Because this is not how you respond. The rational person opposes electioneering. They don't even bring it up. They don't even bring it up. It's as if they're fine with it. They don't even condemn it in their statements. So we're following this story and we're going to keep following this story. Keep it right here. I'm Tony Katz. So the live stream for Election Day that starts tomorrow at 6 p.m. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. Find it, rumble.com slash Tony Katz, rumble.com slash Tony Katz. Now it'll actually go to my Facebook page, even though those people drive me nuts. It'll go to YouTube. It'll go uh, on Twitter. It will be up on my LinkedIn uh, page as well. But rumble, rumble.com slash Tony Katz is where you want it to be. And if you're a local subscriber, I am working hard to make sure you get access to stuff that nobody else gets access to because you're on locals and that that matters to me quite a bit looking forward to it guys i will have it all for you starting at 6 p.m and of course the show will be when the show is you will still hear me on radio tomorrow everyone take care